0: This is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. Hi, guys. We are back after a fun episode with Carly Jean, and we're jumping back into the life of David. So there are two things I actually wanted to touch on today before we jump into the next season in the life of David. And I will pause here to say that if you haven't caught up, go back and listen to the first two episodes in the series so you have context for what we're gonna cover today. And it's good stuff. Okay, so one, I wanted to point out that David couldn't wear Saul's armor from the last episode, and he didn't use Saul's weapons. Why? Because they weren't meant for him. In the last episode, we see David gear up to fight the giant. And after trying on King Saul's armor, he saw that they did not fit him. So what did he do? He wisely rejected using armor that was not meant for him. During his time of preparation, God gave him talents and gifts meant specifically for him. And guys, God does that for us too. David's gifts were fit for a young man and appropriate for a shepherd. He had a sling and he had stones. And most importantly, he had faith that God would claim the victory. Have you ever done that? Look at someone else and think, maybe that's the tactic I should be using. Maybe that's the business plan I need. Or maybe I should practice that skill set that that person is using. Why not? They seem successful. Let me tell you why. God gave you your own skill set. He gave you your own giftings, and He gave you the experience catered to your life. Don't make the mistake of trying on someone else's armor. God gave you your years of preparation for your own life and for your own journey ahead. Don't compare, sweet friends. God equips us purposefully. The second thing that I wanted to point out was this. David already knew that he was anointed to be king yet he served saul anyway by attending him with humility in his court he literally served the man that he would one day replace not only that but he also stepped up to volunteer his own life to fight against the giant think about it david was told years before that he would become king of israel and he knew this but he didn't boast He also didn't hide himself thinking that he needed to play it safe until the appointed time had come. No, he stepped up and confronted the enemy. Not only did this display strength and character, but it also displayed his faith. Can I tell you a secret that David already knew? He knew that faith was a weapon. He had faith because words had already been spoken over him and his future. What do you mean, you may ask? Well, did you know that in 1 Timothy one 18 through 18-19, when Paul is writing to Timothy, he encourages him to use the words spoken over him as a weapon against the enemy. It says, So Timothy, my son, I am entrusting you with this responsibility in keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment in this great work of ministry, in keeping with the prophecies spoken over you, and with this encouragement, use your prophecies as weapons as you wage spiritual warfare by faith and with a clean conscience. Paul wrote this to Timothy thousands of years after David's time in the New Testament, but the principle is still the same. That's exactly what David did. He knew that he had been anointed. He knew the words that Samuel the prophet had spoken over him about what God wanted for his life. And those very words were part of the weapon of faith that he took with him as he entered the battlefield that day. That's a reminder that I hope each of you will take as well, sweet friends. Remember what has been said over you in your life. Remember what God has called you to and anointed you for. With that in mind, you can use it as a weapon, remembering you will win the battle in front of you because God is calling you beyond it. You'll win because there is more to do and greater battles still to come. Gosh. Okay. See, I told y'all we could spend a year covering all the details of David's life, but we won't. Today, we are going to step into the next season of David's life that I like to call On the Run. I felt like it was appropriate. From experience, I can say that there's usually a time that we all feel like we are on the run from something. It might even be God that you're running from. Like the call on your life is so overwhelming that you just run away out of fear, out of intimidation, and frankly, out of feeling like you aren't equipped or qualified for any of it others of you may be pursuing God's calling on your life, but you feel the enemy coming against you. Maybe today you're even on the run from all of the attacks the enemy has brought against you and your family and your future. Maybe you're just plain tired. Relentless warfare is a tactic from the enemy. He loves to pursue us. Why? Because if he is successful, we will be too tired to pursue our God-given purpose. This is where David finds himself, running, not from God, but from the enemy. Let me read some scripture here to set the scene. First Samuel chapter 18, verses one through 30. After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between the two of them for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David, together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. Whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So Saul made him a commander over the men of war, an appointment that was welcomed by the people and Saul's officers alike. When the victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistines, women from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. This was their song. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. This made Saul very angry. What's next, he said. They credit David with ten thousands and me with only thousands. Next, they'll be making him their king. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. The very next day, a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul, and he began to rave in his house like a madman. David was playing the harp, as he did each day. But Saul had a spear in his hand, and he suddenly hurled it at David, intending to pin him to the wall. But David escaped him twice. Saul was then afraid of David, for the Lord was with David and had turned away from Saul. Finally, Saul sent him away and appointed him commander over a thousand men. And David faithfully led his troops into battle. David continued to succeed in everything he did, for the Lord was with him. When Saul recognized this, he became even more afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he was so successful at leading his troops into battle. One day Saul said to David, I am ready to give you my older daughter, Merib, as your wife. But first, you must prove yourself as a real warrior by fighting the Lord's battles. For Saul thought, I'll send him out against the Philistines and let them kill him rather than doing it myself. Who am I? And what is my family in Israel that I should be the king's son-in-law? David exclaimed. My father's family is nothing. So when the time came for Saul to give his daughter Merab in marriage to David, he gave her instead to Adriel, a man from Meholah. In the meantime, Saul's daughter, Michael, had fallen in love with David, and Saul was delighted when he heard about it. Here's another chance to see him killed by the Philistines, Saul said to himself. But to David he said, Today you have a second chance to become my son-in-law. Then Saul told his men to say to David, The king really likes you, and so do we. Why don't you accept the king's offer and become his son-in-law? When Saul's men said these things to David, he replied, How can a poor man from a humble family afford a bride price for the daughter of a king? When Saul's men reported this back to the king, he told them, Tell David that all I want for the bride price is 100 Philistine foreskins. Vengeance on my enemies is all I really want. But what Saul had in mind was that David would be killed in the fight. David was delighted to accept the offer. Before the time limit expired, he and his men went out and killed 200 Philistines, and David fulfilled the king's requirement by presenting all their foreskins to him. So Saul gave his daughter, Michael, to David to be his wife. When Saul realized that the Lord was with David and how much his daughter, Michael, loved him, Saul became even more afraid of him, and he remained David's enemy for the rest of his life. Every time the commanders of the Philistines attacked, David was more successful against them than all of the rest of Saul's officers. So David's name became very famous. Hi guys, I just wanted to stop and take a second to tell you about one of my sponsors. I'm really excited about it because Christmas is coming and yes, yes, I know it's still hot, but I would be lying if I said that I hadn't already bought Christmas jammies for everyone that match and I'm already starting on my Christmas shopping. And this is the perfect gift for your family and your loved ones. It is the gift of the word of God. The journal the word bible is it guys and i'm getting one for everyone my nieces they are teens they have perfect teen edition bibles for girls they have wide margin with thick creamy paper where you can doodle or write your own notes in the margin and i'm just really excited about it they have men's versions they have reference editions and they have awesome covers it's the perfect gift for friends for family and guys I might even keep some around the house so I can just gift them to people that come by. I'm just that type of person. And if you are already starting your Christmas shopping, definitely consider getting a Journal the Word Bible. Check them out at your local bookstore or journaltheword.com. And now back to our show. Okay, I know that was a lot to follow, but are we tracking here? The bottom line is that Saul is becoming increasingly jealous and fearful of David. He sees God's favor on him. He knows that he himself has lost God's favor. And to add insult to injury, he also sees the love that people have for David, including his own family. He feels threatened, and eventually, He tries to throw a spear through David while he's literally in his house playing the lyre to him. Yikes. (laughs) So this is where I'm going to give my Cliff Notes version of David's story. David was likely around 15 years old when he was anointed by Samuel as the future king. And it was years later in his late teens that he killed Goliath. Then he enters into King Saul's household, which is where we are picking up today. And at this point, David is likely around 20 years old, because at the time you had to be 20 to enter the military, and we see that he's active in the military. So we know he's at least 20. And at this point, he's entered into the king's household, and he serves for years. Again, this is all a time of preparation for what comes next for young David. And during this time, he plays the lyre for Saul. And when he comes of age, he does begin leading men in the army. He eventually became successful as a warrior and even married one of Saul's daughters. And this is where things get hairy. King Saul couldn't control his jealousy any longer. Overtaken by an evil spirit, Saul attacked David while he was serving the king. And David flees. This marks the beginning of a new season. A season of running. For the remainder of 1 Samuel, at least 12 more chapters, David runs for his life. I mean, this is a years-long battle, and I do encourage each of you to go and read these chapters for yourself because it's seriously full of action and intrigue and could be a script in a Hollywood movie. But we don't have time for that today. Rather, I will share this. When David fled, he hid and gathered a group of followers. These were battle-tough men who rallied behind him, and they fought for him. So for years, David and these men are in constant motion. They're hiding from Saul's army. They're running all over the country. They're hiding in towns and caves and anywhere that they could keep moving. And during this time, on two separate occasions, David was within striking distance of Saul and spared his life. Remember, David had a heart after God's own. And he dared not take the life of a man that god had once anointed simultaneously during this time david and his men are also out fighting and destroying enemy forces so not only was david fighting other battles while running from king saul but king saul was also at war with surrounding countries honestly there's about 10 chapters of just running and fighting and more fighting (laughs) there was a fight everywhere you looked so When David wasn't busy running for his life from Saul, he was busy fighting for his life against other enemies. And as weary as he must have been, his reputation was growing, as well as the support of the people. And after years of this nonstop warring and pursuit, King Saul is eventually wounded in battle against the Philistines. But rather than be overtaken by the enemy, he falls on his own sword, taking his life. At long last, Saul was dead, and the running was over, and a new season was about to begin. So guys, I'm going to leave off here because that was a lot of reading today. But I do encourage you before we hop into the next episode to go and read the stories for yourself of David and his life on the run. Again, this is part of the preparation. This is another season of his life before he steps into his appointed time as king. He already knew for years that he would be king. He respected God's chosen man. Saul did not take his life in this season. And not only is he running from the enemy for his life on one side, but he's running from the enemy on the other side. Can you imagine the distraction? Can you imagine the fear and the weariness that he must have felt? That's us. That is us. So often in our Christian walk, we are running from the enemy. We are tired. We are weary. We are distracted by all the noise of the enemy around us. But there's a season ahead of his appointed time. And often we hear the saying that you're closest to the breakthrough when the battle is the most intense. And that's what we see here. So I hope that today as we go through the week, that you guys remember that. Sometimes the battle is the most intense before the breakthrough, before the appointed time. Maybe you've already been anointed for something. Maybe you've been in a season of preparation. And then maybe you've been in the battle for so long that you have forgotten the time years ago when the anointing happened. But the appointed time is coming, and that is what we are going to cover next episode in this the life of David in this series. I hope you guys are sticking with me, and I hope that if you want to study his life, you'll go back and you'll read through the rest of 1 Samuel and into the next chapter because that is where we pick up next week. I love you guys. I hope you are enjoying this series, and I hope you are finding some encouragement in the life of David. I love y'all, and I hope you have a great week. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share this show with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark.